today talking with Phil Pfeiffer, the owner of Beast Training Academy in New Lenox. We're going to go over sports-specific training. We're going to go over training for pretty much all ages. Um, he's starting guys out. How young, Phil, are you starting out? I started him out in second grade. Okay, good, good, good. Second grade, yeah, so seven, eight years old? Yes. Okay, all right. Um, and then... Uh, what does Beast Training have to offer? What, uh, what, what is there certain courses, or is it just a membership that we get and stay go there whenever we want? I, I run Beast Training Academy like your normal health club membership. So everybody's a member. Inside that membership, you get unlimited classes throughout the week. So we would offer from second grade to seventh grade, we offer classes Monday through Thursday at 6 p.m., and then Saturdays at 9 a.m. Okay, you guys are located right, right up by Lowe's there in New Lenox. Uh, Bulldogs and stuff like that, that same little plaza there, right? Yeah, we're right behind Starbucks. Right behind, okay, good, good, good. Um, the, let's talk about your background. So you high school athlete, football player, baseball player. Um, what else? Where would you I, go from uh, there? I went to St. Rita High School on the south side of Chicago. Played football, baseball. I teased my boys that I was undefeated in wrestling. I was uh, 4-0 in St. Rita's first uh, wrestling uh, team they ever had. Nice. And uh, we laugh about that all the time. I quit while you're ahead? Yes. Uh, and then I went to Cornell College in, in Iowa, and I played football and baseball there. It was a uh, uh, major sports hall of fame there. Okay. And then as far as classes go, you majored in, like, sports medicine, or what, what did you major in? At, uh, at Cornell, my undergrad, I majored in biology okay. and exercise science, Okay, and then I went to UIC, and right. I got my master's degree in kinesiology. Right, so I mean, we're, we're talking about somebody with a background that it was you were designed to do this. Like, you, you were at uh, Athletico before, I remember at one point you were... My very first job out of college was teaching biology classes at St. Rita High School. Nice. I also worked as their strength coach, as their athletic trainer, right. and I coached football and baseball there. Okay, so you're not just some guy who saw some YouTube videos and decided I'm going to open up a health club and uh, went from there. You've got a you know, long background, 20 years of, of this sort of thing under your belt as far as work goes and then education before that. Yes, there's okay. a lot of guys like that out there, but but I have the, uh, the full backing to uh, design a program appropriately. Right, 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 right. And you do sports-specific training. So if someone brings you their, you know, uh, high school uh, softball player, I mean, you're all over that. Your daughter's a high school softball player right now. Yeah, she is. And right. um, and that's exactly what we do. I also do uh, group classes with kids. So it doesn't need to be specific to your sport. It really is generally what is the foundation for all athletes. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, like, you know, my boys wrestle with his boys for years and years now. And, uh, you know, my thing's always been all around the wrestling. I mean, you know, and, and, and my guys, they, they played baseball when they were little, and they enjoyed it. They, they, they never knew who won the game at the end of the game. They did, you know, but wrestling, you can't not know. You know, when you, right. when you leave the mat, you know. Uh, and then uh, – what you call it? Uh, but they they kind of fell out. The everything was boring to them except for the wrestling. They really liked to be on the mat and everything else. Now we're gonna quit wrestling and we're gonna do curling this year. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, but so if someone comes in with someone and they're like, you know, we really want to work on these specific things, you'll design a you know playbook for them to work out as. Exactly. We well, how we do it is um, some of it's cost and time management. So we also have a high school 
class that goes Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. or Saturdays at, at 10 a.m. And if you're looking at general strength development, power development, speed and agility for your high school athlete, and you're not worried about it being specific to wrestling, it's a cheaper cost to do it. You get more options during the week to do it. Um, and that may be what you want to do. Otherwise, sure, sure. we can put you in inside what I call customized programming, where I'm doing a lot of the same stuff, but then we're tweaking it to make sure it's specialized toward the sport that you play. Okay. Now, how about like, uh, you know, you get. Uh, I belonged to a gym when when I was uh, in my late teens and twenties. It was heavy metal gym, and it was, you know, a bunch of guys in there screaming and picking up the dumbbells and everything else. If you're just somebody in their 50s that wants to be in a gym that you're going to get some good advice from i mean they're they're it's an okay place for those people to come to at your your place i mean uh you know the heavy metal gym was like all just bodybuilder dudes it was just you know rampant with crazy guys you know and everything else it was intimidating for somebody who would you know 40 year old woman that wants to come in there and get a workout in but you've got classes available and stuff like that to those people where they feel comfortable coming in there yeah i have it broken up into three segments my second grade to seventh grade is one group of kids that we train with. Then I do high school, and I tend to throw my eighth graders into the high school group because my main concern is that when they hit high school, they're going to be put on strength training programs. The high schools in our area do not have strength coaches, so it's usually a coach who knows his way around a weight room right, or is the biggest guy in the hallway. Right, right. And that's not always good for the kids who haven't lifted before in terms of technique and and injury prevention. So I like to teach my eighth graders before they hit high school the proper technique, foundations, things like that, so that when they get in that room, they know what they're doing and they're not going to get hurt. And then my third group is my adult group. And that goes anywhere from 25 to 75. And what we do there is I design the programming so that anyone, any size, any shape, any age can get through the workout. And they can do it at their pace, they can do it at their strength levels, and everybody gets done within an hour with how I design it. But when I see something that says strength or a beast, you know, a training academy, it seems more like something that I can go there and get personalized help rather than, and I mean, I can't stress the amount of, the amount of times I've been to the gym to see someone, you know, there's the, all the videos on YouTube of the wacky people doing wacky things on equipment that they're not supposed to and everything okay. else. At least you could cut through some of that. And, you know, like uh, I would I would venture to guess that a big part of your business has to do with making somebody feel comfortable with coming in and getting the proper, you know, instruction in that situation where a lot of people are embarrassed, you know, especially dudes, right? The guy comes in there and he's got a little bit of build on him. He wants to make sure you know that he knows. The smartest guy in the room is the guy who walks in there and I don't know anything. Just you're the guy. Teach me how to do the thing. Um, so, like, you know, it seems like an appealing place to go to if you were an advanced uh, guy or even a total novice, somebody that, you know, like just started in it. And does it matter what age you are to just start working out? Are you talking about youth? Yeah, no, like uh, I'm not saying like uh, regular. I'm saying like if you're 50 and you've never been a workout guy, can you come into your gym and see some results? You sure can. Okay. So the reason why I'm good at what I do is that I do get all my clients' results. The fitness industry is based on failure. We've all failed at it. And we've sure. all gone back sure. on January 1st and tried it again, and we all failed. So what are some of the expectations? Like, uh, 
I definitely see people with unrealistic expectations. And then, you know, there's a certain like uh, the the commercials that are on TV. They're mostly unrealistic. There's some guy that's got the perfect genetics to be, you know, they're guys that that barely work out and they look like Adonis's. And then there's people that, you know, kill themselves and they look eh, okay. I mean, you just saw the last UFC with uh, Ben Askren. I mean, yes. that's a dad bod there, man. Like, that's, whoo. Even my boys were like, holy cow, it looks like a kid at the beach with a popsicle in his hand. He looks terrible. But he's obviously incredibly physically fit to do what he does. Everybody has their own story. Right. So I'm, I turned 49 yesterday. and yeah, I've Happy had, birthday. Right, thank right, right, right. I've, um, I've been type 1 diabetic since I was 12. Oh, wow. So for 37 years, the body starts to take its toll. You sure, know? So sure. as I'm getting older... There's other things that pop in. You wouldn't know that just by walking down the street with me. And, and no, and no, I've never, right. I've known you for a long time. And I've never known anything about there. I didn't know there was any diabetes that was going on there at all. So everybody has their own story. And, and how you choose to kind of go at your fitness levels, reach your goals, is, is, is different for everyone. Good, good, good. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean that's a fact. We're, we're all unique in our own way. I mean, I was a guy who worked out a ton when I was younger. I got injured and the whole world changed as far as working out goes. Like I am really not in a situation where going to a gym, like I, you know, I showed you my gym out there. It's all set up for exactly what I need to do right. when I, you know, when I can do it. Um, where, yeah, right. Your gym is good for the masses. You know, I'd be interested in encouraging people that are 50, 60, 70. I don't know. Could sort of 70 year old start working out. I have a 72-year-old woman that works out with us. Now, she does things at her pace. She does things at her strength level. We've taught her how to do things she never thought she could do before. All she needs to do is walk in there, trust my programming, and and put in the work. And she's done amazing stuff with, with getting through the classes. The way I run my classes, I call them small group personal training. So we all know the cost of personal training. If you were to join our program, and you were to come twice a week for the adults, basically you're getting personal training for $10 a session. Sure, sure. Now, when I say small groups, we go anywhere from two on certain days all the way up to 14 or 16. So everyone's getting attention. How I run it is I put together a board for that day. The unique thing with my facility versus a lot of the other classes in the area is that I design a special workout every day. And if we've been at this for almost three years now, We've never recycled the same workout. Okay, now, so how long has the 72-year-old been coming to the gym? Two years. Two years. Okay, now, that's that's a testament in itself that the 72-year-old was, you know, 70 when she started. Two years into it, she's still showing up, so she must be feeling like she's getting something out of it. So, as I said, and as you mentioned, everyone's different. Everyone has a different goal. They want, they want to achieve something different. I get... My most of my male adults are guys who are going through body changes or getting to a certain age. They go to the gym, they know what they should be doing, but the motivation to do it, or the you know today I'm going to do 12 reps and they get to eight because they get bored, or every day they go in the gym they're doing the same exact thing. What they come to me for is to get that programming kind of genius out there. They know what they're going to be doing. It's listed on a board. They go through it at their pace. They're burning their calories, and they're walking out reaching good results. Where if they went on their own three or four days in the week, 
they're bored, they can't get through their workout. So these are the things that we bring to them. Okay. Even with the 72-year-old the woman, the same thing. The one thing she said to me, and we all kind of laughed about it, was there's a special blouse that she likes. And now she can fit in her blouse. The other thing was she likes to wear a suit jacket when she goes out to dinner or events. Sure. She could never um, button it. Now she can button her jacket. Right, so right, right. Those it, are small things, but that's a big deal. To When you're looking at that young athlete that wants to get a D1 scholarship, but then you're talking to the 72-year-old grandma whose life goals are different, and all she wants to do is wear her favorite blouse and button her jacket. Right, right, right. These are the kind of stories that we deal with in the facility. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, so, you know, back to the, you know, that's probably your, your odd situation is to have the 72-year-old, which is, I, I find it great. I mean, I had always planned to be that like guy in my 70s that was still working out and, and, and staying in shape. I, I feel I feel better mentally. I feel better physically. I sleep better for sure when I'm when I'm working out. And my schedule in the summertime is like uh, I end up, or in the summertime we're really busy with the with the contracting and, and real estate. As I'm a real estate broker, it's busy. We're, we're it's tough to get a workout in. So then it's like get in the gym get my hour and 15 minutes in or whatever I can real quick, get out, get food and and I'm done. But in the winter when it's, you know, high of eight on the regular, I live in the gym. I turn the TV on and I'll hang out there sometimes for five hours, just finding stuff to do. And for me, I find it's better to do that than to park myself in front of the TV and watch TV. I'll turn the TV on. If there's a football game on, that's great. That's three hours that I can hang out in the gym, do some this, do some that. Now, do you see any problem with that? Like, you know, just being a gym rat, just hanging out in the gym. Well, the one thing that I work on is the biggest excuse is always time. Time, absolutely. So I need to design programming that get people in, get them out, but also find results. So the way I train adults, I call it metabolic conditioning. I need to control your metabolism to make sure that, A, we're burning the calories, B, we're keeping that metabolism high throughout your entire day so it continues to burn calories. Okay. The second part of that is building lean muscle. Lean muscle helps raise your metabolism. And through all of this, I haven't had an adult who has not lost less than 25 pounds in the program. Wow, wow. So now what do you... Uh what do you like? What? How much? How important is diet? Like, uh, I my 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 line was always, you know, we got we have wrestlers, and I don't let my guys not eat. You got to eat. You just got to eat the right stuff. And my line with them always was, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but old people and fat people diet and exercise. You're an athlete. You eat and you train. Eat and train. You put fuel in the machine, and you go to work. If you're not getting enough you know weight off to make weigh-ins work harder run more do the things you're supposed to do to burn the calories this is a machine that you put so much into it and get so much out of it so you know i see other guys doing it the other way right just sit in the sauna and everything else to cut weight they want to just relax and i i don't feel that's the right way to go but what do you think all those clients i just mentioned have done this without being on some sort of diet right so they're okay. able to do what they want to do nutritionally and still cut the weight because of the way the program's designed. Now, the more strict you are with your calorie intake, the higher or better results you're gonna see. Sure, sure. But I do believe that 
the body, if you think of the body as a machine, or you think of the body as a car, right? Food is the gas that right. drives the car. Depending on the kind of gas you put in, it's all about the best thing to make that machine run efficiently. So when you talk about athletes and not using the term diet, I agree with you 100%. It's what kind of fuel are we providing that, yeah. that high elite right. machine? Eat healthy for sure, but don't diet. Because diet to me means like, oh, I can't have that. I can't have that. I can't have the extra amount. I mean, don't – my guys – your guys are probably the same when it's wrestling season you know they don't eat like they eat when it's not wrestling season because they're you know they they understand they got to work that off if they do and it's it's a thing but if if the plate i put in front of them is a chicken breast uh you know green beans and uh you know carrots well that's fine you you know it's all healthy stuff that they're eating and everything else if i put a double bacon cheeseburger in front of them and french fries that's probably not a good idea because they're going to eat a quarter of it and like not push it away. Um, I uh, just got into recently and I, I'm finding like I feel pretty good about it is uh, it's intermittent fasting. So like I'm only like I'm using like a uh, eight to 10 hour window where I'm eating and then I don't eat for 14, sometimes 16 hours. At first, it was difficult for me to do, but once I get into it, like it was fine. Like I, I'll stop eating at five thirty, and then I won't eat again until ten in the morning the next day. So, like that's my window. There is like you know, or nine to nine to five thirty, something like that. So, um, I don't know if you've ever looked at any of that. Like, how much diet advice do you give over at Beast? So, I don't give very much at all, and there's a reason. People respect what I do because I stick to what I'm an expert at. So there you go. There you because go. I'm not a nutritionist, because I'm not a dietitian, I don't like to tell people how to handle that. I'd rather go through my Rolodex and refer them to someone who's an expert at Great. it. That, you know what? That that is that's awesome. That that's exactly you know, I've always said the smartest guy doesn't act like he knows everything. He he says if he doesn't know the answer to something, he goes, I don't know, but I can go find out. Right. And then go find out from a source. Um that's terrific. That that's that uh, I absolutely love that, man. That's, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, and people can seek that out all on their own once they get, and probably once you get into a workout situation, you're probably more apt to go seek that out anyway to try and get right. better results. Yeah, so. if you're feeling good about yourself, that's usually the next step. Right, right, right. You know, wrestling is what, you know, it's always been about around here, and so much of that is food and what you're eating right. with the weight thing you know which is i believe uh it's a lot better now than it was when we were kids because guys were like you know definitely putting on the garbage bag and running that stuff off where you don't see any of that anymore i mean the lincoln way west wrestling team i think a lot of those guys weren't cutting very much weight at all this year like they got down to their round their weight and maybe they came up six seven pounds off it or something like that and then by weigh-ins they were back down but i hear stories of guys cutting 25 pounds back in the day from monday to friday that's a little nuts, you know. Yeah. So right, not 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 the same, which is good. All right, so uh, what's the cost at Beast? What what are we talking about? So, the way I run it is like a health club membership. We're all used to the credit card on file, first day of the month, all the billing happens. What we do is, I change my pricing based on your commitment. So if you're a 12 year old athlete and you want to come in, and we're going to put you inside what I call our Beast coaching classes. That's going to be a class where we could have anywhere between 6 to 25 kids, depending on the season, depending on the day of the week, depending on the schedule of all the parents. Month to month, no contract, cancel whenever you want, 
$159 a month. Wow, that to me, that's great. That's terrific. Seems like business from a from a shrewd business point of standpoint, like a bad idea though, because like those a lot of gyms make most of their money on people that don't show up. Right. So you sign that six month contract and then you come for two months and then the other four months the gym is not getting the equipment used, but they're getting paid. Right. Where you I mean that's fair and not that's a that's a terrific way for the for the customer to, to do it because there's no huge commitment on their part. So come into Beast and and try it out. If you don't show up anymore, then you're not getting billed. So you're not right. hooked into it. That's that's nice, man. That that that's a real good way to do it. Uh, what you call it? Uh, so I, I I get my gym membership and then I can come to what as many classes as I want to. Or we, we offer five for both of the youth athlete classes. We offer five classes a week. You can come to all five, and then you're setting your own price point. Or you come to two. It all depends on your season. Okay. So what I told parents a long time ago, and this is where I learned over the years, if I have classes on Monday, Wednesday, and you have wrestling and you have CCD, and you're not coming to classes. Right. Or, so I'm as a business owner, I'm perceiving that you don't want my service. The truth is, you may want it, but I'm not giving you an opportunity with your busy schedule to get there. So what I've done is I've had five classes a week, you set the schedule now. So if you don't come, it's on you. And you also set your price point. If you come once a week, you know, divide $160 by four visits. You start getting into twice a week. Now you're looking at about a $15 small group personal training session. You're coming four times a week. We're under $10 a class. So the yeah, more right. time you put in, the better your price point is. Good. Okay. Now, now let's talk about motivation because a lot of people, we talked about time being you know an issue that they can't get in there. And then just getting in and do you how do you how would you advise someone to set themselves up to to change their life so say you're like you know a guy that's overweight and and you're just not a workout guy and you or you were and you're, you're coming back to it now how do you change your life to get yourself in the gym i mean what's the I mean, like some guys it's just like hey you know you work out that first time you're living your best day today come tomorrow and they, they get it going. Other people, they got to, I don't know, write it down or what, what, what's your advice for like getting someone to get their life turned around? We know this. You can't motivate another person, right? They got to be motivated on their own. Right. Once they walk in that door though, they're showing that they're willing to get on board with the program you're setting up. The next key is, is about customer service, about treating people right. It's about, about treating people honestly, Here's what can happen. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's what you should expect. If you lay that all out for people, and then you let them come in and try out a class or two to make sure it's the right spot. I tell parents all the time, come in and try the class because I'm not for everybody. When you come to my facility, you're working hard. And a lot of people, although they say they want to work hard, aren't used to it or don't want to do it. I'd rather not take someone's money, put them on a file, bill them once a month, it is definitely not going to use it because it's not for them. Right. So when they come into one class, they get a good feeling as this is the right fit for them. And I want them to see the environment. I want them to see who else is there. I want them to see all the kids that are there. More kids walk in alone thinking they don't know anyone and find six kids from school that they didn't know take this class. Sure. So after that first class, if I'm honest with you, I don't think anybody has not signed up afterwards. And I've never had a person cancel or quit their membership because they didn't like it, it's always been because of sports season starting. Okay, so how long has Beast been open now? April fourth will be three years. Three years, and it's 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 just gotten better every year as far as attendance and stuff goes. We've and grown over twenty five percent every year. 
Nice, nice, nice. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of guys that, you know, if you're a high school or college athlete, you've got all the motivation in the world to get in there because you're going to get your butt kicked if you don't get into the gym and do what you're supposed to do. A lot of those guys, especially the top ones, as soon as they're retired from that sport, they don't know what they're training for anymore. Like, that's not a, you know what I mean? Like, they've got to get new goals and, uh, you know, their mind set on, because, you know, I'm no, if you're no longer a college wrestler anymore, I'm not going to beat myself up, you know what I mean, to get in the right. gym. But the benefits are, are enormous, right? I mean, just fight depression and every other thing that you get going on. You know, your sex life. Everything's better when you're in the gym than when you're not. But, uh, I mean, do you have, like, ex-top athletes in there working out now? So the way this has kind of grown, the high schools are hard because the, the coaches want to wrap their arms around our athletes. So... I, I go up and down with the number of high school competitive athletes I get. What I really get are the athletes who need that edge. So I'm not getting your top running back in, in the area. What I'm getting are kids who want to be that top running back, the kids who need that help, because the kids who are number one are getting that help or they're at school and their coaches are a little bit stingy with letting them go to yeah, other so places. Yeah, you're saying like it's like just like when I mean I've coached for years in wrestling, the kid that catches the coach's eye is the kid that's really really good, and then he's getting all the attention, and then the kid who's would like to be that kid needs to get his butt into beast and become that kid so the coach can pay attention to him. That really is how, is how our business is run. The kids who choose to come, the the way our business is run today has kind of organically grown into what it is. So when I look at my second grade to seventh grade group, the one thing you mentioned was about, uh, you know, past the athletic days. Well, one thing I like to look at is if kids start learning that fitness is important at a young age, they're going to grow up knowing fitness is important, whether they're an athlete or not. You know, they're going to get their Ph.D. at Northwestern. They know they need to get on that treadmill. They know they need to, to do some ab work. They know they need to lift some weight to build sure. some lean muscle right. while they're going through the stresses of, of going through school. Same thing as we become adults when we get married and we have kids. Uh, working out is a great stress releaser. And the other part of that is we know that things happen health-wise, but in general, more healthy people have less health issues as they get older. Right. So right, it's important right. at a young age to learn that. Sure, sure, sure. And then, then you know, the, the advantage that I would see in a place like Beast is that you're going to get the guy with the education, like what's the – What's the staff like? I know you had, didn't you have a, a wrestling coach or two over there doing some? I did. Okay. I did. I like to, I like to bring in um, my staff that helps me. All the programming is designed by me. So everything that a kid goes through is always written up by me. But I have some great assistants and, and coaches that will run my program with the kids. Um, and I like to get coaches that can relate to kids. So they got great attitudes. The kids love them. They become their buddy. They want to work hard for them. All the things that when, you, when you're looking at and think about your, your best coaches, I want the younger guys to be that for these young kids. Sure, they need to sure. be role models. They need to be ex-athletes. They need to be people who can talk to the kids. I also like the assistants that teach because it's easy to, it's easy to put a group of kids together. Okay, do 10 of these. Do 15 of these. But when you can stop a kid and say, listen, we need to work on the form here. And here's why we do it this way. Or here's how we have to fix it up. That's when real coaching matters. That's when really the value of Beast Training Academy comes through. When the parents see that we're educating the kids as much as we're you know, pushing them through exercise. Sure. right. right. Oh, I, when I coached, it was totally 
I'd love to explain to them, you know, my, my coaching style, obviously, I'm not very hands-on. I'm dude busting around coaching guys in the coaching in a room where I'm in a wheelchair. I'm not going to touch the kid and get, you know, move him around. He's got to listen to the words coming out of my mouth. But it was great for me to try and get the kid to wrap his brain around exactly why you were doing this thing. Like, you know, don't just teach the kid the move. Don't, don't, don't teach him how to get out of this. Teach him exactly where you're going with it. I mean, and wrestling's all about deception. You know, you're all like trying to show a kid you're going here when you're going there. So when you get a, even a seven or eight year old kid and you go, listen, we're going to trick them. They're, they dig that, right? They're like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so, like, you know, anytime you can get them to, you know, buy in and, and think it's really cool, that's a good thing. But uh, so, okay, so you, so if, if pretty much any sport, you've got somebody in there that, that can help out with just about any sport then. Now, remember, I don't do the X's and O's of sports. Okay. I do, I do the fitness, the strength development. Sure. So, basically, the same things that a softball player needs are the same things that a swimmer needs are the same things that a wrestler needs. There's basic lower body explosive movements are key to every sport. Then you got to work on your core strength, which is key to every sport. When we start differentiating, we look at the upper body. We can train a swimmer who's got a stroke with their shoulders differently than a baseball pitcher who's got a throw. So that's when you have to start differentiating between the exercises you choose. But every athlete is going to benefit from a very explosive lower body because in any sport powers are developed from the feet up okay the same thing with core strength a, a baseball uh hitter we don't need big arms to hit the ball 400 feet we need a strong lower body we need a strong core, core. sure sure so in every sport we come through that's why i can train different sports in the class because we're going to hit the things that are key to making you perform at a higher level right so Usually, what's the difference between like if if I you know if, if I'm comparing uh, Beast Training Academy to you know um, just Gold's Gym or something like that, like it's not just at, at Beast, it's not really focusing so much around weights as it is sports training. So you're doing things, you know, box jumps and stuff like that that are different than the guy that's just going in and bench pressing, curling and stuff like that. Yes, and that becomes somewhat of my argument with the parents is um, the kids who are finding themselves at LA Fitness versus a Beast Training Academy. Because at Beast, we have a set schedule within that hour, what you're going to do and what you're going to accomplish. So I'm going to get you through a workout designed with the education behind it. So when you walk out of there, we know we're making positive improvements in the sport you're going to play. As we go with our group of four friends at LA Fitness, like we all have, we know what happens there, right? My kids don't rest between exercises. Every one of my kids or adults will get a mile of cardiovascular in every workout. Nice, nice. Now, that, 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 you know, that's the other thing with the Beast setup. You're talking about building things that are functional where, like, no knock on a guy that wants to go to the gym and just look in the mirror and all that. that that's, hey, man, at least you're in the gym. That, that's fine. Right. I look at it like you want to look good. Do something athletic. You know, I told my boys, I go, listen, don't fall in love with the weight room. That's not what you're doing. You're doing things that are specific to what you're doing. The byproduct of all the working out you're doing, you should get to look real good. Chicks will look at you because you look good. But that's a byproduct. And that's just something that happens. It's like uh, it's like saying, hey, if you train your ass off, winning's a byproduct. Yes. You're going to win. Well, I like what you said by byproduct because um, what I would put looks, especially in the high school athletes, I'd also – say looks slash self-confidence 
you know, every athlete needs to be confident on the mat, on the block. Some of the outfits they put these athletes in nowadays, it could be a huge difference if you can have good shape, nice muscular form, and then put you in that tight swimming suit or sure. the tight gymnastics Singlet suit. Singlet and everything else, right. you got to feel good when you're up in front of But people. how many times have you seen an athlete come out onto the mat and you're like, whew, look at that guy. He looks like a Greek god, and he's got no athleticism. Like, that's not – you know, there's, there's functional strength, and, like, uh, my boys do carpentry work all summer long. They become farm strong. We're picking right. up things like that. It's a, and I mean, granted, if you're all you're doing is doing, you know, core stuff and everything else, it'll look somewhat good, but it's not that classic like V. You get a square back out of that situation. But in a wrestling match, you pick a guy up and throw him right over your head, no problem, right. because he's got that farm strength. The way I just, the way I describe my business is, I'm not a strength coach, I'm not a speed coach. What I am is. I train for athletic development, which starts with athleticism. So in my second to seventh grade classes especially, you'll never see us lifting weights. We're, what I'm doing is building the athletic foundation. So you're, you're a construction guy. You understand a foundation of a house and how you have to start with a strong yeah. foundation and build and build and build. The same thing with athletics. you got to have that strong foundation. If you don't have it, let's say you're the, the biggest kid at 12 years old. He's always the kid everybody wants. He's the biggest pitcher. He's the biggest hitter. But if he's never done anything to build the athleticism or build that athletic foundation, you see that's the kid that gets caught in high school when he doesn't grow anymore. Sure, and, or he sure. doesn't have the ability to, to go back on that athletic development and continue to grow. Where other kids, if we start them young, they're building lower body explosive power. They're building upper body strength. They're building core strength. They're building speed and agility and conditioning work and flexibility and balance. And that's the, that's the key pieces of our program is to build that at the younger ages so that when they need to keep building on it or they need to be able to pull that out of their bag of tricks to become better, compete at a higher level, sure. they have sure. that foundation. Sure. I just I am really turned on by the whole idea of, you know, it's not just hand the kid dumbbells and teach them how to – and there's, there's something to that too. You know, if you're using the wrong form just doing dumbbell curls, you're not going to get as far with it as you would if you were doing the right form technique is a, is a really big deal and that's even if you're just looking to come into you and say hey man you know I'm looking for the best technique to bench press as much as I can I'm looking for the best technique to you know deadlift all this stuff you know the the wrestling stuff we do weird stuff you know like uh Turkish get up and uh you know good mornings and stuff like that like right. you know just strange things you know we got that like Roman chair out in the, in the gym and everything else those are not glamorous uh no one's doing that like looking at their lower back in the mirror man like right that's looking tight that's, uh, that's not how it works out but uh well, you know so like having muscles and all the other stuff is is terrific that's great to look in the mirror but if that's all you got then then that's not so great it'd be nice if you had the functional strength to go along with it. And then you also looked in the mirror and it looked good because what are the parental expectations when, I mean, do you run into a lot of trouble with parents? I mean, as a wrestling coach, there was, a, there was some trouble with parents, you know, and the some of the worst trouble with parents was as soon as the kids started winning, they fall yeah. off the deep edge. <laughs> we, um, so our term is the helicopter parent. We see that in all sports. We also see it in the gym where when the parents come in, they want to tell me what has to happen. Usually what happens is as they see their kids working, as they see their kids improving, as they're seeing their kid run faster on the bases or jump higher on the basketball court, they usually step back. 
once they understand that I'm the expert and they no longer are, I don't have the same kind of issues you have as a football coach, a baseball coach, a, a wrestling coach. The parents usually know their place in the gym. Sometimes it takes a little longer to be able to show that the kids are going in the right direction. I do have parents that want to yell out to the kids once in a while, but I stuff. Right really at the them. gym there? Oh yeah, I've had people sitting in the waiting room and yelling out their kid on their squats or on their boxes or things like that. And usually, it all takes is walking over there and saying, "You pay me to be the expert, right?" Uh, the one, if you see my facility, uh, I have a very small waiting area for parents inside. But I have a whole wall, 90 feet of glass windows. I tell the parents the best seat in the house is parking your car in that parking lot and watching through the windows. It's the best seat for you, and it's best for your son or daughter as they're working out with a group of people, and it definitely takes the stress off us yeah, coaches. Yeah, that's it, too. I mean, I, I swear, we went back to I coached youth level again this year, and I had to get the boys' cards, and we were coaching. And I'm like, if we could just put all of these parents. And, I mean, I, you know, I've got – the best parents that there are because they've got their kids in wrestling. So that you're already, like in my book, you're really good. Like, you know, you're not a kid that's a parent that's just letting their kid hang out in the basement, play video games all day long. You're here at a wrestling tournament on a Sunday, and you're going to be here all day. So you're terrific, but you're screaming at your six-year-old about some match that no one's going to know about in a couple of years. If I could okay. just put all those guys behind, like, <laughs> hockey glass, it would be terrific because the kid could get something out of it. I mean, I've had parents – that their six-year-old comes off the mat, it's his first year wrestling, and the parent is livid that this kid lost a match. And I'm like, I, I, I want to ask him, is your goal to make the kid quit the sport? Because right. that's what you're doing. Right. I, um, that, that's funny. I, I think a lot of the, the, uh, the parents place a lot of their own value on how well their kid performs. Um, I have a different technique even with my son, and it is you beat the kids you should beat. You lose to the kids that you should lose to, and you cut the gap from year to year. Because I don't have these huge expectations that he's going to go out and do this and that. But what I do expect is that he does his best, and he ends up on top with the kids that he should end up on top with. He's going to lose to the kids who are better than he is. But let's start cutting that gap year from year so that the numbers are shifting it in your favor. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, that that's, you know, and I mean, I've had my moments where I'm frustrated and stuff like that, and I don't ever, I don't live vicariously through my kids, so that's that's another thing. I mean, there I see a lot of, in gymnastics, that was the most, like just parents that look like they haven't done an athletic thing in their life, and they are so hung up on what their nine-year-old daughter's doing. Like, Boy, that's a lot of pressure you're putting. I mean, every kid wants to impress their parents. They every kid that takes the field is afraid they're going to lose their parents' love if they do. Don't make it worse. Like right. that's going to happen anyway. Right. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't care for any of that. And uh, you know, it, the other one when my guys were little, my guys were kindergarten. They were put into wrestling, and it was a uh, two-year commitment that I, you know, I mean, I'm talking to six-year-olds. Like, hey, you're going to wrestle. This is what we're doing right now. The year before that, we practiced, wrestled, and all that other stuff for a while. We just made it fun. And that's all it should be when you're six years old anyway. But the next year came. I didn't ask them. We put the singlet back on. Here we go back to wrestling and everything else. By the third year, it was just what we do and everything else. I get parents that bring their kid for three, four weeks to, to practice. And they're like, well, not Johnny's thing. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Johnny's six. 
Johnny shouldn't know what his thing is yet. You should probably evaluate what, I mean, you know, and there were sports for, you know, I'm biased. I honestly think wrestling is the best sport that there is. And I don't care if you're, you know, we had kids that were autistic. We had kids that were, there was all kinds of different troubles with the kid. Um, you know, there's a the one little guy, and I don't like to put any names when I do the podcast, but the one guy was a four-time IESA state champ, and I think he's a two-time runner-up and a one-time state champ at, at uh, Class A in, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Sure do. Uh, but when he was little, you had to, like, assign a coach to him because he was a space cadet. He would just walk off into the hall and stuff like that. Like, every day, but he's a terrific wrestler. He's just great, you know, great as far as that goes. But everybody is their best them that they could be when they wrestle it's it's a confidence builder it is it's it's just teaching you you got to eat right you got to work out like if you just left wrestling and you never won any major tournament but your life was i'm gonna stay in shape and i'm gonna do what's good for me and the harder i work at whatever i do the better off i am those are great lessons so i think wrestling why i think wrestling is the greatest sport is because i i think it most mirrors real life lessons out of any sport I, I think uh, you are – coaches don't make the lineup. You have to earn your spot. Right. right? Life lesson number one. Uh, the hard work to be able to win or compete on a mat, life lesson number two. Sure. Um, you, you're going to be asked to lose weight at times. you got to pull it off. You're going to – at the time, you're the only person on a mat. The team doesn't matter. Nope. At other times, the team does matter. And, I mean, wrestling is as fair as it can be, too. They take a kid – put a singlet on him, which is almost nothing, and a pair of shoes and a set of headgear, and they send him out there with another kid that weighed exactly the same as you. He's near the same age, and there you go. Go. Now, any other sport, there's parameters that are not going to be right. Like if you're not 285 pounds, well, football might not be for you right. because right. you just can't do it. If you're not six foot six, that basketball hoop, if you're five foot five, is still at 10 feet. So wrestling is... It's as basic as it can be. It's as fair as it can be. You know, like you don't need a special set of genetics to be a good wrestler. Do you see right. guys? Like I said, I'm a big fan of Askren, man. That that guy's terrific, and he's a, he's a terrific guy. I've emailed that guy, and he's emailed me right back, like like a correspondence with a guy who's a silver medalist, I think, in the in the Olympics. I mean, he's a two time Hodge Trophy winner, and he's talking to me, nobody. So like. You know, terrific guy and everything else, but to see him with his shirt off, you're like, oh my god! Like, and he'll tell you when he got to Missouri, you know, he's a D1 athlete. He couldn't climb the rope. He's just not an athletic guy. So wrestling is one of these sports that it's just how bad do you want it? Work hard, all this stuff, and you can you can you can be the best at it. So, yeah, I, I'm just head over heels for that. And I've never, in all the years coaching, a lot of apprehensive parents. That didn't want you know the kid in there. Um, I've never seen a parent that was like, "Boy, that wrestling thing—that was a real mistake." You know what <laughs> I mean? Even if their kid doesn't do it after a couple of years, it was never a big mistake. So yeah, no, it's 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 definitely my favorite. Uh, the idea behind your place—it sounds terrific, man. It really does. It sounds like you'd be way better off putting your kid in that situation than just taking him to. Uh, you know, regular fitness joint. Or, I don't know if Reclaim or something like this. Isn't that just a regular gym and stuff too? Yeah, then they have good classes and things. And, and here's the kind of guy I am, a high-character guy. I don't talk about competitors. I don't badmouth the other trainers right. that are doing it. We're all doing good things for good reasons. 
some of us are better at what we do than others. That and maybe your reasons are different too. If you if the reason is you just want your kid to look good or whatever like that, well then you know that's dandy. But I don't know. There's just so much more motivation to if I'm a baseball player and I've seen results this way, I'm gonna keep doing that thing. You know, you can right. like you can let a workout that you were doing just in the gym to look good go once you get a girlfriend. I don't right. need the workout no more. I got her. Yeah. You know, so no. Uh, where the athlete thing, you know, that that's terrific. And, you know, there's men's league and women's league, volleyball and softball. You can keep your athleticism going, you know, way old. I got a buddy that owns a yoga place in Chicago. He's terrific at what he does. He's super, super into it. And I watched a couple of yoga classes and the athleticism and balance it takes to do that, I came away with everybody over 40 years old should look into some sort of yoga or some of the things that you're offering because you're offering athletic things to do, working on balance and working on things like that. Boy, if you could be 65 years old and still have some balance and some agility, you could live a better life than you can, you know, if you don't. So My, my adults, the look on their face when I call them athletes – it is if I took a picture of it, we'd all be laughing at it. But we'll catch guys and like you were an athlete once, and right now we're training like an athlete. The the mind remembers that, and it doesn't take long for the mind to to remember it and send those signals back to the body to be able to do you know a back squat, to be able to do a hand clean, to be able to do a deadlift like you did when you were a young athlete. Sure, I like all the odd stuff. Like I, you know, we talked about like a, you know a Turkish get up and stuff like like you. A normal person would not even know what that is. I mean, you're on the floor with a dumbbell or a kettlebell or something like that, and you're essentially doing some sort of strange. Like someone, you have to Google it, but it's a strange way to stand up with a with a dumbbell over your head or a kettlebell over your head. But you're working on all this crazy core stuff, the right. balance stuff, just your movement with weight and everything else. If you're doing it in the gym, no one's going to be like. Oh man, I'm gonna do that soon. Like it's not a it's not a glamorous thing to do. You don't see that very often at LA Fitness. Right? No, no, no. Right, 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 right. So the, you know those are the things that would be exciting about Beast Training. Now you got a website. What's the, what's the website? It's www.beasttrainingacademy.com. Okay, and uh, I see your Facebook page and stuff like that uh, on the website. You got. Uh, you know some results from some of the young athletes and stuff like that that are there. I have I have uh, in social media I have a Facebook page and we do Instagram and basically what I want to do is celebrate the accomplishments of the kids. So what we'll do is post a lot of their things they're doing during the week. The kids love to see that they're getting recognized for the hard work they're putting in and the parents love I get emails from the parents all the time about thank you for doing this or that and and it just motivates the kids to continue to keep working hard whether it's at Beast Training Academy or if it's in the wrestling room over at Lincoln Way it's just a, a way for them to understand that the hard work does have results. Now both of us have been around sports for years and years now and then around having being parents. I was saying to you before we got talking uh on the cast here that I don't know of any good athlete that doesn't have an immense amount of parental support. It's super important that the parents are involved. But when I say parental support, I don't mean screaming. I don't mean, you know, like so many, so many parents want to take that kid when they come out of the wrestling room. They were face was glued to the glass the entire time when the kid was in there and they want to they've taken a mental note on everything the kid did wrong the entire time they're gonna hey that kid just got done with an hour and a half workout 
now is not the time. Go buy him an ice cream cone or, you know, go, you know, buy, get him some recovery food, something like that. And then if you want to bring it up some other time, talk to them. But you got to give a kid a minute to relax, too. You know, like I, I look at so many kids that the, the kid's doing great and everything else. And, you know, I'm sorry to say, but the parents get in the way as far as that goes. They need to be supported. And listen, you got to have a big wallet. Because stuff costs money nowadays. You know, the, the kid that's got the more money is going to do better than the kid that's not. Yeah. And then you want to drive in places. You got to take them to. I mean, I've taken my boys to Oklahoma and Wisconsin and Michigan and Iowa to wrestle because that's where the best competition's at. So you got to be able to do all that stuff. I would encourage parents that don't even have an athletic background take them into Beast because that's a place where you can immediately access somebody that has a real long time of athletic background and he'll just put all his time right into your kid and then it it was for us for me we played sports we played everything we you know we played basketball with friends we played hockey on the ponds we you know played football wrestled uh baseball little league until you know junior high and stuff like that but the parental sport support for me was terrible like my parents it was a thing that billy was doing but it wasn't a thing that they were really involved in the kids that took off with it were the people that their parents were driving them to Wisconsin and everything else with, with right. that stuff. And it's been a life changer for – I got in a lot of trouble when I was a kid. Too much time in my hands. My boys, totally different. I think there's – would you say there's more kids that are sports-orientated nowadays than there were back, you know, 30 years ago? I think there's so many more opportunities to get involved in sports. Um, no matter what sport that is, you usually have – a higher-end travel organization, or you have an in-house program. So depending on your skill level, you can find a niche for yourself. But then there's so many different sports. So there was no lacrosse when we were younger. No water polo, right? none of that stuff. The list is – I remember there not being a hockey team. I think two years after I graduated, there was a hockey team. I'm like, man, I've been playing hockey all winter, every winter. I love hockey. But no team at the school. Now there is. That's terrific. I mean – I think there was a diving team, but it was like held at. We didn't have a pool at Lincoln Way until years after I was gone. That makes it tough for a diving. Yeah, team. right. <laughs> Pretty dangerous, but uh, so you know, not to keep harping on parental support, but if you're someone without a background in anything athletic at all, take them in, get it done, and then take your hands off the wheel. Let a guy like Phil take control of that situation. See, my my definition of parental support is finding the best opportunities for your kids and allowing them to have those. Just as I mentioned before about how I don't do nutritional advice because I'm not the expert, I don't do my taxes. I don't do my teeth. I go see a doctor. The same thing, parents should find the expert that they trust the most to put their kids in those types of programs. With my guys, when they were little, tried to devise things for them to do that we want to stay away from the weights. You know, we were they were throwing tires and cinder blocks and all that kind of stuff around just to be in shape for for wrestling because other sports maybe not as much, but wrestling is how much are you doing outside of the four hours of practice you're getting every week? And those right. are the kids that excel. There's right. no way around that. And that's another parental support situation where if you're seeking out a gym like Beast, great. Your kid's going to do better than he would if he wasn't there, for sure. Exactly. So, so you had a friend who, who put out a, a suggested question, and it was about uh, kids who just specialize yeah, in no, sports. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and talk about that, because I'm going to read. The, I think I've got one more after that, and I've got them written down here. So, but 
But yeah, Ernie. So, so here's what's from happened. Social media. We've, um, as you mentioned, we grew up playing every sport. Yeah. So we went from baseball season into football season into basketball season. There wasn't a lot of youth wrestling uh, at our time. Uh, so those were the sports you played, and we all played them all. Nowadays, we're specializing. One of the theories I have about specializing is because somebody found out a way how to make money on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That, that's really where it came into. You yeah. have softball organizations. You have you know wrestling organizations that can do something year-round and charge fees for it. Um, and I think that's where this kind of all blew up. Now, I do think there is room for specialization because it's almost like keeping up with the Joneses. If you're not wrestling year-round, you're not going to be in that top elite group of wrestlers. You need to get the work in sure. outside of just your sure. season. Sure. The same thing can be said for softball nowadays, for baseball nowadays. Everyone's got an expert that teaches them how to hit, how to pitch. If I was a high school baseball coach, I would be nuts because it doesn't seem like they're my athletes anymore. They're the hitting instructor's athlete. They're the pitching right. instructor athlete. Right. And I kind of just put them in their positions for three months of the year. So that's kind of... There's good and bad about both of that. It's a double-edged sword. I mean, think about it. You know, I think about it from the business standpoint, and it's terrific that somebody that's into athletics, if you if you were a wrestler and now you can make a living with that sport, you know, coaching it, hey, that's great, man. If, you, if, if the kids are getting something out of it and you're actually living your best life, that's terrific. I mean, Find something that makes you happy and do that thing. I mean, that's what you're doing. You you were always interested in that sort of thing, and now you that's your life. So that's what you're doing. That that's great. I mean, you, those are the best people you want doing those things for you. Are you know if a guy always loved construction and always loved that stuff, putting things together. I mean, I was a kid that you gave me an alarm clock. I'm gonna probably take it apart in a couple of weeks and find out what's inside. I'm gonna break it, but. You know, I want to know how it all works and everything else. So when it came to building, like, it was interesting for me. Like, when someone gave me something that was difficult, oh, that was thrilling because this is going to be hard to do. So my mind was, like, right in my wheelhouse where this is in your wheelhouse, so this is a good thing. I'm glad to see the privatization of all the sports like that going because, yeah, when I was a kid, you went to wrestling during wrestling season. You went to gymnastics when that was going on because you were getting strength training then. And then you ran cross country for wind. Those were your three seasons to be a wrestler. Now it's high school, which is folk style, freestyle and Greco all summer long, and then back into folk style again. And all the while, you're lifting weights. The, the positive thing about this for me is that if you are going to be a specialized athlete and go year-round in one sport, you need to be in the weight room. Because there's where people argue that the bad thing about specializing is overuse, it's um, injury, things like that. And, and that's true. It's a big part of it. But if you're going to be putting your body through that 12 months a year, you're going to need to also take care of your body by, by building the, the proper power, the building proper strength, injury prevention type things. And that can help you if you're a year-round baseball player, if you're a year-round softball player. If you're a year-round carpenter. Yeah. I mean, I used to lift weights just so I wouldn't get injured picking up beams and stuff like that. Like, you know, like there's all kinds of things that you're doing that if you're totally out of shape, because, you know, if you're if you're a carpenter or laborer or roofer, there's there's a three month period in the wintertime in our in our area that you may not be working. So you should be doing some workout stuff. Come into Beast. They'll give you some core workout situations and you can make yourself a less prone to injury and we all are once we get older you know well a good example um 
I was working out of a different facility, uh, running the beast program under a different roof. And next to me were batting cages. And a great hitting instructor had the cage next to me all the time. And I'd watch him with the same kid, you know, week after week. My bigger issue with him was the kid really couldn't even hold the bat. So I approached him one day and said, you're great at what you do, but you're going to be even better if this kid who's hitting ground balls back to you starts hitting fly balls and line drives. He's like, yeah, I get that. I said, well, what we're not getting is that this kid isn't even strong enough yet. He doesn't have a good enough core, doesn't have enough lower body strength to hold the bat correctly and swing that bat through the zone. If you were to refer the parents to me and we started doing foundation work so that he became stronger and he was able to hold the bat and he was able to swing with some authority, now you look like the greatest hitting instructor ever. Right, right. No right. one's going to say that, hey, Phil's great at what he does. They're going to say, boy, this hitting instructor is the best. Yeah. Not my kid is. Right. So right. There, there's, there is where it lies is what I try to do with the younger kids. There's certain things you can't do. Think about one of the hardest moves on a wrestling mat to pull off. And if you don't have the strength to do it, you're wasting your time teaching it. Sure. Same thing with hitting and throwing and all jumping and all these different skill sets we need in the sport. You need to build a foundation so that you can actually perform the techniques used in that sport properly. Yeah, and I think too many athletes get into high school like mine, it's culprit with mine. They, they did all kinds of goofy little workout things. We used to take the my daughter's balance beam that we had in the basement, put the boys on the balance beam at the end, and they would have balance beam wars. So they would like try and knock each other. You're you're. It's a game that they're playing, but they're working on balance and you know push pull stuff before wrestling, and it made them better. When you get in high school, you're just standing in front of a mirror lifting weights or running or doing, you know, you're doing more basic things where if you come into Beast, they're going to give you, I mean, you know, you guys got places to run sprints and you got stuff that yes. you're doing. I mean, uh, I'm not familiar myself with some of the, like I've seen some crazy Joe Rogan workouts where the guy's like, he jumps from like left to right and he's like crossing his foot. Over. He almost looks like a like a power skater, a uh, mm-hmm. sprinter type deal. So like all kinds of those motions, which I got to, there's not a machine that works that out. Like you're not, you know, standing in front of the mirror doing that. Um, there are things I've seen is stuff like, you know, a guy picks up a 90 pound dumbbell, one of them, not two. And he's, you know, go walk a half a mile with that thing carried on one side, set it down, pick it up with the other hand and walk back the other way obliques all the other stuff is worked out stuff that you don't see in your right you you can look like uh you know that zach ephraim guy who's like you know shredded you you can have the, no athleticism at all to me you know and i'm biased it's worthless i mean I, I, it's like uh you know the girl that looks good but you can talk to her for all two minutes and you're like oh god i gotta get out of here like <laughs> like that's not, you know, you need to be a full rounded person. And if you have, I really like the, the idea of looking good as a byproduct. I really do. It's it, that that's terrific and everything else. Like, you know, we'd have parents that, uh, the, the choice is always basketball or wrestling, same, same time of the season. And, you know, in this generation, they don't seem to fight like fist fight like we used to there was there aren't as many altercations i don't know if it's because everyone's face is in their phone or they're playing video games so much or what but like my sons are juniors in high school i got in my first fight in fourth grade and i was in a fight every year 
And by the time I was in high school, it was like, you know, how many fights can I get into in one year? So we were always fighting. My sons have never been in a fight in their life, except for with each other. I mean, they beat the crap out of each other on a regular <laughs> basis. But um, so, you know, life is different. But so my mentality was always like, you know, when a parent's like, well, you know, he's a football player. Wrestling's a really good uh, sport to help, you know, with a football player. You know, if you're shedding blocks, all that hand fight and everything's terrific. But we were thinking basketball because he's a tight end, so we want him to have good hands. And I'm like, well, listen, that's fine. That it's, If he's doing something athletic, he's not sitting in the basement. But if he's in the parking lot and some guy comes up and insults his girl, it's going to show him that crossover. It's going to show him how good he can dribble a basketball. He's going to find a basketball first. And the other guy's not going to be impressed. If, you know, if he does a double leg takedown on him, we got trouble. So, yeah. you know, that was always my thing. But it doesn't apply so much. I mean, some of these guys, the more sports you get them into – the, the 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 least trouble they're going to get into too. I believe my guys probably would have gotten into fist fights if they weren't constantly in wrestling. They don't have time for that stuff. It's it's you know especially if you're going to beast too. If you're if you're at school all day long, practice till five thirty, and then you had to beast until eight o'clock at night. Well, where are you going to fight? You got no time. Yeah, I think um, you kind of hit something there too. It's I'm I'm a huge believer in year-round training a lot of parents believe that football starts in july let's work out march april may june and then he goes off into football right what have you won on the first day of camp you've won nothing no right you have another three months to compete before your state titles before your playoffs before your national tournaments you're in worse shape four months later than you were four months earlier now so do you do anything that that's interesting do you do anything to help a kid peak at the right time like i mean you get a wrestling season you can lose all the matches you want to until the end you lose the matches at the end you might not go anywhere right so we do i try to keep the kids on the membership through their seasons the other part i do is i offer an in-season program where they come in once a week and that once a week is that day that we're working their core, we're working their strength, we're working their, their uh, cardiovascular um, to make sure that they're keeping it up during the season. So it's not l- being lost throughout the season of competition. So I, I'm a big believer in that. My own, my own kids will train two to three times a week during their seasons. Hey, yeah. I, I understand that they have school and they have practices and they have meets, but for them to keep excelling in in those sports they need to put the work in in the weight room now you change the workout up we're not going crazy but we need to maintain and get better day by day i i worked with a uh he's the head strength coach for major league baseball he actually has a team that he oversees but then he's in charge of keeping everybody kind of in line and he got the call from the the front offices saying we need these guys in shape at the end of the season Everyone needs to have an in-season program. And the reason being is, what's their biggest time of year? Playoffs and World Series. Right. Who does Major League Baseball want on the fields? Their stars. Sure. If stars are injured or stars aren't producing at that time, you're losing fans. It's the same thing when it, when it trickles down into our high school sports. If you're not ready to compete at your highest level, at the time it matters most, what has yeah, the right, last right, right, three right, months right, mattered? Right, right, right. So right. Th- that's where I believe in the in-season training and kids continue to train to make sure they're staying on top of their game. Right. That's why we don't you know, think LeBron's better than Michael Jordan because, you know, the rings, right? Right. That's yeah. all that matters. Uh, you know, we can't compete them against each other in their prime. But um, 
So yeah, so I mean, get your kid into Beast, and the AKWF is starting kids out at four years old now. They changed the, you know, mm. now it's four. It's too young. See, they're, they're too little. You're putting, I mean, I see parents that are upset about four-year-olds and stuff like that, losing a match. You know, the best thing that I can see happening for a kid is loving a sport. Loving, I mean, like, absolutely. When you get that kid that's like, oh, man, this is, I mean, my boys are all about, the NCAAs are this weekend coming up. It's the Super Bowl here. We're and it's nice because wrestling season's over, so we're sitting down. We've got nachos and everything else. We'll spend part of the time in the gym watching the NCAA's, and the rest of the time, watch the NCAA's are on the entire time that that they're on. So it's a great thing for a kid to identify as. You know what I mean? Like if a kid doesn't have what something to identify as, kids are always looking for that thing. So then you know you're dealing with your kid if he's not identified as a baseball player, football player, basketball player, wrestler. He's identifying as the kid with the dreadlocks or the kid with the, you know, like the cool, he's going to buy some sort of persona that he's going to put on to be that at school. The kids need to feel like they belong. It's terrific to belong to the football team and stuff like that. So it's, it's a real healthy thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I like it, man. I, I didn't know that much about Beast until this afternoon, and I think it sounds like a terrific thing to do um especially if you get your kids in there when they're seven eight years old and get them headed in the right direction right the balance and stuff like that that you're going to get from beast training sounds like it's way better than you would get from just buying a weight set and going at it like that yeah and with the younger kids like i mentioned before a lot of things have organically grew for us we have kids who aren't even in there to become better athletes we do have a number of kids with type 1 diabetes and how are we controlling the sugar level we have kids who are um, I would say overweight or obese that are trying to learn how to combat that problem. We have parents who are worried that their kids are playing too many video games and sedentary. You don't have to be an elite athlete to come to Beast. And that differs, that makes me a little different than most of my competitors who are in the sports performance world because they are dead set on the athlete or I'm dead set on health and fitness and making kids better at what they do, sure. feel better about themselves. Kids take role models too, so parents, you know, Get yourself your membership at Beast and get working out too, right? I mean, you're, you're, if you see your parent doing a bunch of push-ups and all that stuff, and I mean, there's stuff that you could take out of a place like Beast and do it at a hotel or do it, you know, with minimal amount of equipment as far as that goes. So, uh, so it's funny. When I set up my programming, my younger groups that can't drive themselves, I also have a parent class that coincides with it because the kids won't be in the weight room. Good. I can have the parents in the weight room, but I got tired of watching parents on their cell phones texting at my old place I was at while their kids were training. So what I did was I threw the parents in the weight room at the same time the kids who can't get there on their own are doing their training. Okay. I got one more question from uh, social media, and that's our, our friend Eric. He uh, asked, do you feel that athletic training helps kids with medical issues like ADD, autism, ADHD, et cetera, what sports would you recommend for kids with these issues? Now, I have my own background in that with, uh, you know, my boy Peyton was the guy that had to sit on the bouncy ball at school and everything. I was, you know, can't sit still, can't sit still, can't sit still. And, you know, mom wanted to medicate him. Like, you know, we're going to get him in, we're going to fight. And I'm like, no, no, you know, that's when, what, what can I put him in that is the most rigorous and wrestling was the one. And, we saw results. He's, you know, focused and gets great grades and all that other stuff now. But um, I'd like to hear your answer. What, you know, what do you think about what, you know, it, it, obviously I believe it helps every kid. 
be so, the best sometimes kid. Sometimes, it, it, in comparison to Beast, it's hard to throw kids who have special needs into groups because they pull the attention away from the group. What I like to do is I like to have more personal time with them, and they respond uh, like any other kid does. As soon as you start putting in the time with them and they start to learn and they start to see themselves improving, they're bought in. But the, the problem becomes in a large group of 15, 16 kids, too much stimulus, the environment um, may not be great for them. And then we have, it's, it's um, trying to keep them focused and on task and also keep the other kids focused and on task. Sure. So, but I do believe 100% that those types of things can be very beneficial for them. I have a theory. I, would, I believe that there is a lot of autism that also ties into the sport of wrestling. Or what we will define as spectrums of autism right. that it's tie into the sport of sure. wrestling. And I'm not an expert in this field, but we've been around long enough. There's an awful lot of high-level coaches who have autistic kids. Maybe there's been lack of uh, diagnosis years ago. And now we're seeing it being diagnosed more properly. But we do see a lot of, of those characteristics of autism in a lot of our elite wrestlers. Yeah, right. That's right. my theory. And I don't mean to, you know, I don't want to be insensitive to anybody. But when you look at um, how they compete on the mat, the things they do, how they are in a social uh, atmosphere. Yeah, they're not great socially, but they're they're laser focused on what they're doing exactly there. Exactly right. right. And isn't that like one of the characteristics of the autism or the spectrums of autism? Sure, sure, is sure. that laser focus in math or laser focus in art right. or the laser focus in wrestling? Right. You know, so I have a small little theory on that, and I, and I goof around with some of my wrestling buddies who who have kids with autism, and we talk about it and have good conversations around it. So when Eric brings that up. Um, that's always something I thought about. I don't see that very much in other sports, though. It seems that wrestling is that kind of safe haven for them to really do their thing. Yeah, I couldn't imagine a kid with autism, even nowhere near on the spectrum, that would be baseball. Would not. Yeah. I mean, it's just too much downtime. There's too much. Too much downtime, right? right? I I feel my theory on it was wrestling wise, because you know that that's what I that's what I've seen the most of is. That doesn't matter if they have autism. They are still better than they would be with autism while wrestling. Than you know, without wrestling, they're just it's just it's not as much. So I mean, if you're just getting the physical part out of it, that's great. And if you have, you know, some problems, but we have we had kids that were sort of like slow. We had we had kids that were timid. We had kids that were it it, it really didn't matter. You were still a better version of you in wrestling, in sports in general. I would I would imagine that. Just training for anything, no matter what your mental condition is, it's got to be better than without it. People are people. They're not. We're not much different from each other. Right. If you could find something that you enjoy, you can find something that you could put your passion in. If you could find something that keeps your mind occupied, your body occupied, by all means, do it. I, I would never turn uh, any kid away from coming in a beast and trying it out and seeing if it works and, and working with the parents to get it done. Um, you, I want to make sure that... I always I always say this about Beast. Um, of course, we got to pay. We got to pay the bills. We got to keep the doors open. But I never want price point. I never want athletic ability to be a reason why a kid doesn't walk in that door and give it a shot. Now, what about an older person like uh, um, 
you know, like as you get older, maybe more cardio is involved there. Do you guys have like treadmills and stuff like that up there? I for- do. So I believe, like I mentioned, I'm all about met- metabolic conditioning. I've sat in head football coaches' offices, and they've told me that this guy is doing X, Y, and Z for their kid. They're all benching 400. They're all squatting 500. And my response was real clear. No, I probably won't get your guy benching 400. He won't be squatting 500. He won't look like the marshmallow man. What he's going to do, though, is probably bench 350 and probably squat 450, and he's going to run circles around your athlete. Right. Because I believe in having fit athletes. Sure. So everything we do revolves around cardio. Every workout, you're going to have at least one mile of cardio, whether it's on the rowing machine, on the aerodyne bikes, or on the treadmills. Oh, I love the rowing machine. We we had one season where... Uh, one of them had uh, shin splints or something like that, and they, they, they couldn't take the impact. And that rowing machine was like full body, you know, mm-hmm. cardio, good. And wrestling, you know, you're always pulling that leg in and stuff anyway. The the rowing machine, just terrific. Um, good, good, good. Well, I don't know. Anything else do you want to cover as far as beast goes? I think that if you are have the mindset of athleticism is the key, then – Get into Beast. Uh, You know, it sounds like a way better thing than just buying somebody a membership at a regular gym. Um, Anything else? No, that's it, Bill. Just thank you for letting me come on. Good, good. It's good seeing you, man. You know, I don't think I've got this much time to sit down. We're usually at a wrestling meet. It's like, hey, what's going on? And then we're focused on uh, what's happening there. So, good. All right. Look look, uh, full up. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Phil Pfeiffer from Beast Training Academy. If you have a business that you are an expert in the field of, look me up on social media. I'm glad to sit down with you and talk about it. 